Hi, I'm Gemma. And I'm Rachel. And this is Modern Soul Speaks, a podcast for the spiritually inclined and curious. We hope to create a community for soul seekers who want to take control of their spiritual health and holistic well-being. Each week, we introduce you to new concepts, techniques and modalities to help all of us become conscious co-creators to live our best and most magical lives. hope everyone's really well. Today we've got a very exciting episode. We have Rachel, the founder of Herbalist Hub. Yes, another Rachel. Um, and she's with us today and she's going to tell us all about astro self-care. And we thought that self-care would be the perfect Valentine's Day topic in lockdowns. So we're very, very excited about this. And um, so Gemma and I are going to listen on and ask any questions as Rachel goes. So hi, Rachel. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Gemma and Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Welcome, Han. Lovely to have you with us. Do you want to start by telling us a little about yourself, your background? Where to start? <laughs> um, so... My background, I'm Australian. Uh, I moved over to the UK about five and a half years ago now. And when I moved over to the UK, I had the intention to carry on with my fashion styling business. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah. So I was a fashion stylist in Melbourne. um, And, you know, I worked on TV, film, runway, all sorts of things and had my own private clients. And moving over to the UK was something that I always wanted to do. Like it, it was like a calling. There was something in me that kept saying, you know, you, you must do it, you must do it. And I finally made the move and I had huge plans to continue my business um, in the fashion industry in London. And I got here and everything changed. My whole life changed. Um, I did stay in fashion for quite some time. Um, and I ended going down the route of fashion recruitment and then ended up in private equity working as an EA and yeah. And then, and then I'm in wellness now. So it's, it's been quite a journey. Um, and then, yeah, so my business now, I am a herbalist, an astrologer, a lover of self-care and, also, I work with energy and sound. So all of these come together with the modalities that I offer um, to really help people find the foundations of their self, self-care practices. And yeah, it's just been a wild, wild journey. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that you were in, t- in fashion and styling and everything when you first sort of came here. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved working with people. I loved, I think the, the thing I loved the most was making people feel good about themselves. I had, I've always had this, um, yeah, desire to make people feel good. And that really shone through with a lot of the work that I was doing. Um, you know, even if I was working on shoots with well-known models and, you know, and things like that, my aim was to make them feel as good as possible and as comfortable as possible on those shoots. And that's obviously transferred over to what you're doing now with your wellness stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. That was so interesting. Um, sounds like you've tried like many different avenues until you found your perfect one. And I say your perfect one because I know I do a meditation myself, guys, and I know a lot of you have attended, 
But my go-to meditation teacher at the moment, where I, when I can log on and listen and do a guided meditation with someone is Rachel's meditations. And I know I haven't done many, Rachel, I'm sorry. It's because we generally work the same nights, so it's not easy. Um, but I just wanted to say, I've never shared with Rachel my feedback on her meditations, and I'm going to slightly embarrass her now. Bless her. But yeah, I've had the biggest, so Rachel does the ones I attend anyway, Rachel, you can add a bit more detail in a minute if you want to. I generally attend your Reiki meditations, don't I, when you put them on. And I've had the biggest shifts in your meditations that I've witnessed. And I've always wanted to tell you about one of them, but we've never had the, I've never been in the right moment with you where I can go, oh, heads up, this happened, which was, uh, I was doing a Reiki meditation. You were leading us on a very beautiful guided journey. I generally do tend to space out on your meditations. So I stopped listening a good, quite a way in. It was like 20 minutes in, but I feel like I'm going somewhere. That's why I'm not listening. And I believe right at the end, what I heard, and I say what I heard, because I don't know about you, but often what the people doing the meditation here and what you're saying is sometimes not the same thing. It's kind of they're on their own little journey. I believe you said um, feet on the ground or imagine your feet touching the ground because I think we we're about to come out of the meditation. So I think it was like grounding work, you know, be aware of your feet on the ground. That moment, I can't even explain what happened to me. I consciously felt the ground energetically shot off somewhere else completely don't know what you know I I would say left a body shot off somewhere oh wow yeah felt myself going I felt the wind I was probably going somewhere because I could feel the change of motion happening and I think I traveled to somewhere like Atlantis or Lemuria for a split second and then I came back but I felt myself land touch basically I touched the ground somewhere else because I had, when I physically touched the ground, I just shot off, was somewhere else for a split second, intuitively knew it was one or the other, very, very green, very lush, and there was kind of a temple, marble-esque temple, and then I was back in the room again. But just so you know, that does happen in your meditations, and I was just like blown away just lying there for the next half hour like what just happened to me but obviously I also knew what happened that's amazing I've got like full body tingles thank you so much for sharing that with me um and what I was seeing like when you were explaining that the feeling I got was Lemuria yeah yeah I think so it, it feels very much like that energy Oh, I love it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> the fact I felt the whoosh and the movement, I was just like, it was, I wasn't visualizing. I literally feel like I went there for a split second. And I also came back quite nicely. It wasn't like, wham, back in the room. It was quite a like, you needed to see that and now you can come back. But yeah, thank you already for that. It was life changing moment for me. Um, but yeah, so like Rachel was, um, we've, from that we go on, we're going to ask you some questions, if that's okay. Rachel, I believe you've got the first question. I have. So, Rachel, can you talk us through the moment, if there was a specific moment or a point in time where you sort of fell in love with, you know, holistic wellness and spirituality? There's been so many moments throughout my life 
and and there's been like really specific moments as well um and and really subtle moments but there was this one time so I was going through quite a difficult time in my life with an ex-partner which lasted probably a bit longer than it should have um continue on for way too long um but this specific moment I, I remember I was with my best friend and you know and I was explaining to her how heartbroken I was about you know something that happened and we were going to a health and well-being expo in Melbourne and I came across this lady that was um, offering free Reiki sessions you know 10 minute Reiki sessions and I knew what Reiki was and I had a session previously um, but I'm like oh I want to experience this and I sat down and she started giving me Reiki and I burst into tears. Like I just felt this overwhelming energy uh, move through my body and connect to my heart. And she just said to me, I can't remember the exact words, but it was along the lines of when your knees feel like they're ready to give up, keep on walking. Oh, wow. And it was such a profound moment. And I just, I couldn't stop crying from that. And that moment I was like, this is what I need to do. So I went through my Reiki, my first Reiki initiation with this lady in Melbourne. And this was probably about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, and had such a powerful experience from that. And a lot of release of um, of emotions and old patternings and all sorts of things started changing from that first initiation. And then, you know, years later, like there was, there's been like those subtle moments where, you know, I've, I've always had an interest in crystals. I've always had an interest in astrology. Like as a kid, I was reading astrology books at nine years old. I was obsessed with astrology. I knew everyone's compatibility in the class <laughs> at nine. The ultimate matchmaker, um, right? I know. I wasn't interested in learning maths, but if you asked me astrology questions, I knew everything. Um, well, everything I, you know, from that time and yeah. And, and then, you know, just after that first initiation that I had with Reiki, um, I continued with meditation and I continued practicing Reiki in Melbourne on myself and then on clients. And it was like an extra, an extra, I guess, gift at that time, like working as a stylist in fashion and, and then having that modality as well, it just, it brought such a different energy to the room. Um, and then I moved to London. I stopped everything. I was, I, I, I came out of that breakup with, um, with this ex and I was just so distraught. I was heartbroken. I, um, and I suppressed a lot of those feelings. Like I, I, I had a lot of, um, yeah, I just, I just kept suppressing everything instead of actually dealing with it. And, you know, I stopped the Reiki, stopped the meditation and then experienced life a little bit different here. I started tuning into my wild side in a much different way. And, you know, I was going out, I was dating, I was meeting new people, I was doing all these new things. Um, and it got to a point where I was 
so far from myself and I didn't even know who I was. And I went through like one of those rock bottom moments for me to, I guess, say, right, it's time now. Yeah. And from, yeah. And it was just like that, that pinpoint, right, it's time. And then everything started. Wow. Can I ask, <laughs> you said about almost what I got from you, just what you just said was potentially you were bringing Reiki into your fashion work. Do you feel you were doing that? And how were you doing that? So I was finding like a lot of the time when you're on set or you're um, behind, you know, backstage for a runway or you're on a shoot or, you know, whatever's happening, um, there's a lot of tension and stress and it's like high Intensity, intense yeah. energy. So I was able to go into a room and kind of work with the energy and bring it into a more calmer state. That's lovely. And I actually forgot about that until now. It's so funny, like, talking about it. But, yeah, so I was able to really work with people on, a, on an energetic level. And I think in that way it created things so differently. Like the creativity just flowed a lot more because people weren't in this, like, chaotic sort of stress mode. They're able to come back and, um, and be in it, be a bit more present with it. That's so nice. And it shows how creative people can be with their holistic modalities, doesn't it? Exactly. Different ways they can work with them. All right. So similar question. You may have already answered it, to be fair. But what do you think was your greatest spiritual realization? Big question. My greatest spiritual realization is realizing how powerful we are like how powerful our minds, our bodies, our soul, like this this whole space, like it's just so powerful. We hold everything within us. And I think it was that moment that I hit rock bottom where I was just in an absolute mess, like nothing was working in my life. I was partying every night I was the jobs I was working at just weren't working for me I was just so unhappy um and I, I just got to this point where I was like right I'm, I'm ready to forgive myself I'm ready to forgive myself I'm ready to stop hurting I'm ready to forgive this ex-partner of mine that I've been holding so much pain around and I'm ready to call in love and literally two weeks later I met my partner yay yeah I just I I met him and I I changed jobs and I called in a really beautiful stable job which was the um the private equity firm that I worked for at that stage and and my whole life just started changing from that moment from that decision and even looking back at that time, I, I'm just like, that shows how powerful we are. When we put into motion, you know, a, a strong intention, when we are ready to really manifest what we want to bring in, we can bring it in. And ever since then, this has been a theme for me. Lovely answer. Wow. Thank you. 
Is there anybody, or who, if there is, that you would say is your your most inspirational sort of wellness or spiritual person? So who do you turn to when you want inspiration? Is there somebody like that? It changes from a day-to-day basis. Um, and I feel like as as I grow and evolve and and you know I'm I'm learning constantly it's always changing but at the moment one of my biggest inspirations and a dear friend of mine is Richie Bostock he is oh he's he's just a wonderful intuitive um beautiful person and yeah I really admire his work uh so Richie teaches breath work and he's does he work in London yeah, he does. He's a yeah, he's a teacher in London. Um and you know, I've I've had the joy of working closely with him and you know, he's constantly inspiring me with how he works with his community and how much he gives to people and just the way that he cares for others. He's just so compassionate and so loving and I think that's what the world really needs right now. Definitely. I will be well, do you know Richie's Instagram or his details? We can Yeah. So Richie's Instagram is the breath guy. Right, I thought it was him. Yeah. And he's just released his book Exhale. Lovely name. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh yeah. So next question. Again, you may have just answered that one. Your current favorite self-development book. I've got a few. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> there, there's a few that have, you know, really stuck with me over time that I've had really profound experiences with. The first one is Witch by Lisa Lister. Um, a few years ago, I came across her book uh, that was um, a friend of mine said, you've got to read this book, you're going to love it. And I read it and I fell in love with the book and then I jumped on a course with Lisa. So I, I joined her coven that she ran for a five-month period. And I think this this was about three years ago. And I had massive, powerful awakenings in that time. And just it, she changed my life. That book changed my life. Yeah. So I do highly recommend Lisa's. She's written a few other books, but which is the one that's really stuck with me. Uh, Richie's book Exhale is amazing, Um, you know, talking about the power of breath work and, you know, how our breathing can affect so much. Um, And then there's another book I'm reading at the moment. I can't remember the name of it because it's like it's something about like mastering your energy and it's by Diana Cooper. Oh, we love Diana Cooper, honestly. You're with the right people here. We absolutely, are, I'm obsessed by the dragons book that yeah. she has, but we love Diana Cooper. Yes, carry on. You know, Diana Cooper's been around for many, many years. And I think she was one of the first ladies with the movement of like angels and dragons and, you know, all these things. And it's funny, I've found recently that uh, a lot of these older teachers um you know that have been around for many years I'm going back yes and to them definitely yeah so Diana Cooper's one um Doreen Virtue 
even though she's not doing the things that she isn't it a shame she's not still if there was a new book it would I I mean you know fair dues you've got to take the path that you need to take but there's a a space definitely definitely like I think like Doreen like she was beyond her time I think this is why we're going back to those yes, things definitely. now because it's so relevant to what we're going through. And I'm I'm finding like as I go through her book, it's open like I'm I'm getting so many downloads from that. Like I've over the past 12 months, um I've had quite profound um past life flashbacks to oh, wow. Lemuria especially but also Atlantis. And reading their book is like just it's really putting things into I guess a grounding way like it's it's just making more sense like with these downloads that I'm having yeah it's it's really helping with that if you get me Rachel do you want to explain to people your experience so there'll be a lot of people I mean I get downloads I'm sure Rachel does as well so for us it's a familiar concept but for those who don't understand what a download is, do you want to explain what it is and what you what what it is like to experience that happening to yourself? Yeah, so for me, like it's it's very different from person to person. For me, when I receive a spiritual download, um I can I either start seeing visions. Yeah. So I'll start seeing visions or I'll start feeling it within my body or I I hear it. So I, and it, it, it depends, it depends from, you know, for instance, on a day-to-day basis, I'm constantly working with my intuition, um, through my business and, um, you know, other aspects of my life. A lot of the time it's very like clear audience. So I'm, I'm hearing like messages, uh, or seeing it, but then, you know, navigating through these things, like I'll feel it within my body. Um, so a download to me is, is just receiving these extra, extra messaging from spirit. Yeah. Like a lot of new information or guidance or knowings as we phrase it. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. I asked because everyone, like you said, they receive it differently. And I think over time, I'm just going to be asking everyone, how do you receive that information and understanding what how everybody's again we're trying to part of this podcast is to show to the listeners that spiritual journeys are so unique and individual and how you would receive a download could be different to me could be different to Rachel but it's all it's all true to us as an individual that makes sense yes very much so how did you first get into astro self-care you know you talked about as a child you got really into the astro side of things but when did what was the point where it kind of tipped over into astro self-care and what is astro self-care so I'll start with a bit of a backstory just to explain like how I got there when I was working at the private equity firm in London I experienced a series of burnout and I ended up with glandular fever. But what I actually think was happening was I was going through a bit of an awakening. And there has been like certain times in my life where I have gone through little awakenings, but this was like major, major awakening. Um, and I became so unwell that 
you know, I was, I was bedridden for months on end and I was trying to push myself to go back in. Like I'm quite a driven person. Um, but you know, I I couldn't even make my bed for seven months. Like it was just, it was such a hard time. And, you know, when you are in a space of burnout and you can't function the way that you were before, your mind goes as well. So, you know, you go through like this process of, um, of depression and everything's just, um, yeah, it's just very hard, a very tough time. So while I was going through this stage, I started finding these modalities. Um, so I had always been interested in plants and herbs and astrology, and I started studying herbalism and working with plants to help with my healing process and, you know, adding plants in every day for nutrition, for um, connection, for healing my body internally. So with, you know, my, my energy, my mind and the physical. And then I found this incredible course um, that was all about herbalism so working with plants for healing but being able to look at someone's chart so looking at your birth chart and working out the aspects of the birth chart where may need a little bit of extra attention and connecting the herbs to that that's amazing it blew my mind yeah (laughs) it was like this is the course (laughs) this is what I've been waiting for and since that moment, everything just clicked. And, you know, I started studying this course for myself, really, to get myself better, to heal. And it wasn't just about healing what was happening then and there, because it was some sort of spiritual awakening that I was going through. It was clearing out a lot of old, old stuff. So a lot of old trauma. Um, there was a lot that was uncovered because I spent so many years trying to suppress everything um it just all was coming up and the herbs and astrology really helped with that because I was I was able to look at my astrology chart and understand my my human design I guess you could say like you know I was able to understand my whole self on a much deeper level than I ever knew and then working these plants and connecting these plants to that astrology chart just opened me up in the most profound ways. That's amazing. Can you, would you mind sharing with us what the course was called? Yes, definitely. So the course is called Evolutionary Herbalism and it's with a guy named Sager Popham and he's in America. And I just, I highly recommend everyone to do his course. It is very information heavy. Like it is a lot of like uh, I was having to you know watch a subject and then go away for a few days and let it integrate because there's just so much in just one of his lectures because it's just it's just so profound like uh, you know at that stage I had no idea that plants grew a certain way with their connection to a certain planet oh no nor did I like, yeah, I've got like a hundred questions right now. Um, can I ask you them? But you tell me if you're going to go into it in a minute anyway. One would be that. Um, could you give an example of a plant being associated to a planet? 
And secondly, um, how does that process work? Which I'm guessing you're probably going to tell us about. But from what you've just said, are you looking at your astrology chart and therefore giving you giving the clients the herbal remedies to heal their past, but also the strength for their future goals? Is that how that's? You may be going into this, Han, in a minute. Yeah, exactly. No, so that's a really, really, really good question. So what I do, so I'm able to look at someone's chart, see what's happening like in the past and also in the present and then work out from there what herbs they need to help transform whatever, whatever they're experiencing at that stage. So, for instance, if you know, you're someone that experiences migraines, everyone experiences migraines very differently. Mm. You know, it's, it's not always the same trigger. So it could be, it could come down to diet. It could be stress. It could be, um, the way you move your body. There's all sorts of reasons why someone gets a migraine. So that shows up in your astrology chart. You can actually see these points. And it depends where your planets are. It depends, um, you know, how your chart is formed. So where the houses are, it depends, you know, where your signs are, like all sorts of aspects of your astrology chart. And you can actually pinpoint what the trigger is. So it's a lot more than just like just herbs and astrology. You're actually looking at, this imprint of yourself and being able to work out what you fundamentally need in that time to transform your life. Love that. That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that sounds so incredible. And a certain plant, so something that I can, something that's quite easy to understand. If you think of cayenne pepper, it's very hot, it's very dry, it's very red. Something like that that's very connected to Mars, Mars energy. When you say it like that, it's like, of course, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Exactly. But it also comes down to how a plant looks. Right. So, you know, a plant could, um, like something like rosemary, for instance. Rosemary grows in abundance and it's, you know, quite prickly and things like that. Well, not prickly, but the leaves are quite yeah long and so something like rosemary because it grows so big you could say that's very connected to the jupiter energy because it's like in an abundance so if there's plants that grow quite big in these big beautiful aspects something like that is most likely it will have that connection to jupiter but there's a lot more than that so there's a lot more that you have to look into like the constituents of the plant of um you know the properties of it and the way that it it connects to the body. So there's, you know, there, there could be like a drying plant or something that's like cooling and soothing to the body and that will have a different effect. And each of these plants relate to different planets. See, that's so interesting because for me, I I can interpret that into crystals really easily. Yeah. And Rachel, I'm sure with your nutritional background, you could interpret that. You could be like, oh yeah, using um, Rachel's not Rachel and Rachel, this is going to be fun today. <laughs> using what Rachel's just said, it's like we can both go, oh, that's a different way to see our modalities as well. Yeah. 
would you would you say that there is I know you mentioned that there are different plants for different things so for example you know you mentioned connection is there I mean obviously I assume that everything is very specific to each individual person their background their kind of astro chart all of that sort of stuff but if somebody just kind of off the cuff said okay I really want to increase my spiritual connection is there you know a kind of handful of plants that you would say okay here's a you know a really good one that will help you do that or is it too specific for that? There is. So there's there's so many different plants that you can connect with, but each plant has a spiritual connection in itself. So, you know, I think this is a big thing about working as a herbalist is, is having these connections with plants in a different way. You're, you're connecting to their energies. You're actually feeling into the plants, um, I guess, soul print, and you're able to connect to that plant in these profound ways so whatever plants you're working with even if it is something as general as oregano or rosemary you know and you're using it in your cooking if you're able to sit with those plants and meditate with them and start connecting to them in a different way you'll have a very different experience I love that yes okay well I think at this point we should hand over to Rachel properly because like, we're already like, how much information can you give us? It sounds so interesting. So Rachel, if you want to, uh, as our guest teacher, if you want to get going, she, uh, Rachel knows that we're going to ask questions as she goes along. Um, but yeah, if you want to start by giving a really brief overview of what you're going to cover and then yeah, go for it. Sure. So I think today what I will cover is just the basics of astro self-care and what that means and uh, how we can integrate self-care into our life um, more in a way that is looking after our fundamental needs and um, instead of looking at it as like a surface level um, something to hashtag on Instagram. (laughs) I mean, hashtags are great. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, we we want to look at things a lot deeper now. You know, yeah. we're going through turbulent times. Um, things are wild out there. The astrology is wild. Um, what we're experiencing is something that we've never experienced before in this lifetime. Um, so if we can look at modalities like this, it, it's going to be a lot more helpful for us to navigate through life a lot easier. Very exciting. Go for it. Very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so to start with, I just want to explain a bit more about self-care and what self-care is. So I'm sure a lot of you have seen on things like social media, you know, how important self-care is or read books about self-care or um, come into some sort of contact with the analogy of self-care. But what self-care really is and what I teach is self-care is our fundamental needs, the needs that we need met to be our whole self, to be fully in our vitality, to be fully connected, wholesome human beings going through this human experience. And self-care is very different from what my self-care is to your self-care to Gemma's, to Rachel's. We all have very different fundamental needs. 
And if we're not able to look after these fundamental needs or we're not able to have our needs met, this is where it can be quite detrimental to us and we can experience things like, you know, high anxiety or um, we can experience illness, we can experience uh, mental breakdowns, burnout, you know, all sorts of things. So if we're able to really come into alignment with our fundamental needs and give ourselves exactly what we need, it's just going to create stronger connections for ourselves. It creates a, I guess, a stronger aura in a way. Yes. You know, it's just strengthening our energy fields. It's strengthening our own energy and we're able to live a fully fulfilled life. So... There's certain aspects of self-care. If if this is a new concept to you, which it is to a lot of people, um, you know, it's quite hard for us to put ourselves first in a society where we're constantly doing everything for everyone else. And especially for women, you know, we've been put in this category of having to put everything first. And it can be quite difficult, you know, taking that time for yourself and going, no, actually I'm, I'm important and I have to look after myself first before my family, before my friends, before my career, you know, we can all get caught up in those things. And what I've experienced in the past is that like through my burnouts, it's because I'm not putting myself first. I'm not actually looking after myself and I'm not looking after my fundamental needs. So I think to start with, like with self-care, the first thing that you want to ask yourself is, what are my non-negotiables? What are the things that I cannot negotiate on that I have to have in my life? And looking at the different aspects. So what I really like to do with my clients is I um, I go through the, the five element approach with them. So looking at um, the five elements and asking what the non-negotiables are in those areas. So if you relate the elements to the human experience, we're looking at earth. Earth is our nutrition. It's our diet. It's how we ground. You know, fire, fire is our energy, is our um, physical needs. So those physical aspects Air is the mind, so our intellect, and it's how we breathe. And water is hydration. So it's not just hydration with um, what we drink, but also what oils we are using for our body. Because a lot of the time when we're depleted um, and we're dehydrated, it's also because we're not getting the right oils in our, in our body to hydrate ourselves. And then that last aspect is spirit. You know, what what are your non-negotiables when you're connecting to spirit? Like, are you someone that really needs um, a constant connection? So being able to create consistent practices uh, through ritual and, you know, connections that way. And, again, like how we connect to spirit, like, or how we understand our life's purpose is so different individually and all that comes back to your birth chart and that 
astro imprint, that moment that you were born on this earth, that very special moment, everything is in that. Very magical. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's so profound. What else, sorry, I was just going to ask, what else can your um, chart tell you? So you're obviously you talk about things like sort of what your purpose is, you know, all of the, the background, perhaps some of those initial areas of trouble, if we could call it that, and what you're kind of currently needing and things. What, what else can your chart tell you about in terms of the kind of the plant type things that we need in our bodies? Yeah, so... Pretty much your chart can tell you everything. So from relationships to um, to career, like how you work in business to, um, you know, in coming down to like, you know, your health and well-being, literally everything. So you can look, say if you're um, having some um, troubles with your digestion right now and you are wanting to understand what's actually going on, you can have a look at your chart and see that in there. And I'm able to determine what is happening around that. That's incredible. I just find that so amazing because yeah. I know I've had like charts done before and I've done my own charts online and things like that. And, you know, I think if you go to like the Mind, Body, Soul exhibitions, you can get like a 30 pager on your chart and it tells you a bit about the type of personality that you are, who you are, how you work, that sort of thing. But that's very much stuff about you that you sort of already know. It's like you look through that and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I know that. I get that. That's like a reinforcement of what I already know about myself. However, kind of what you're saying is so much more sort of specific, I think, than I ever realised it it possibly could be. You know, if you have the digestion problem and you're able to pick that up out of a chart, like out of your astro chart, I just think that that's absolutely incredible and blows my mind. I mean, I'm not massively, I haven't had a lot of exposure to astro stuff myself but like I just didn't ever know that I mean that's incredible yeah like when when I started learning all of this and started understanding it all on a much deeper level it just honestly like I every day I was like how 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 (laughs) like this is I was just blown away by everything that came up and, you know, I, I did it in stages. So I first went through and started with the planets. So learning each planet and their energy and how they relate to the body and how they relate to us through well-being. Um, and then I went through and started learning about each individual sign and the houses as well. And like each thing that came up, I was, it was just like, wow. wow I started reading um you know friends charts and then people that I didn't I didn't know so well because I was like okay I'm ready to start connecting to people that I don't know because maybe it's because I know these people too well that these things are coming up and you know but it's just it was the same every single person is just so different uh, when it comes to their well-being, when it comes to their chart, and every single one it is like this bloom of incredible information. So could you give an example then? So from what you're saying, I get the idea it's the level of knowledge you've got and all of probably the other modalities that you also know 
piece together means you filled in the gaps potentially over time, which again, I feel like I've done with the crystals because I work with crystals differently to a lot of people because of the other modalities that I've got. Like, could you give an example? So if someone came to you with something like a tummy problem, how does that present in their charts or another one, whatever suits you? So it's different from person to person. So it's really hard to say because, you know, something that I've realized over the time of like, you know, going through my studies and, you know, personally, um, each aspect is just, it's just so different. Like, you know, you, you can't exactly like pinpoint exactly what it is. So it could be that, you know, for instance, like with tummy problems, um, Virgo's, experience a lot of like things like irritable bowel and and so on um so it could be that there's a little bit of something going on in the area of Virgo or it could be that something's opposing that area right Um, so for instance um Venus like has a strong connection with the women's reproductive system so if there's something that's happening with uh in that area it depends on where it's actually placed. It could be that, so for instance, like some planets are super happy to be in certain areas of your chart. So, you know, if you're a Virgo again and, you know, your sun is in Virgo and you have, so Virgo is very much connected to Mercury if you've got a Mercury in Virgo, Mercury loves being in Virgo. That's like that's a happy place for Mercury. But if Mercury is in another place in the chart that isn't so is is it's sort of like a um a contradictory in the way that can create a little bit more of a um like a friction. Yeah, that's it. that's the word I was looking for. Like a bit of a friction. And that, that sometimes is where we have these um, things that come up in our well-being where, you know, say we're, exp- again, experiencing a migraine, that's where that friction comes from. So being able to see what's happening there and working, working out, you know, what's happening around it as well and then what's happening in uh, astrologically right now, you can determine what, that aspect is (laughs) it's so interesting honestly and it sounds like it's so layered yeah it's it's so hard to explain in like a a short amount of time um and it, it makes so much more sense like when when you're sitting in a session and there is a lot of like background work I do have to do with my clients around um you know like anything that's happened um, medically and and things like that but when it all comes together it's just mind-blowing very interesting okay we've completely took you off track I bet because we've got so many questions do carry on with whatever the next topic was please go for it so I was talking a lot about non-negotiables and working out your non-negotiables with the elements so you know going through each element and um, asking that question, what are the things in that area that I can't live without? So, you know, as I was saying, the physical fire, 
what can't you live without? It could be yoga. It could be, um, you know, you have to go for a run, like move your body in a certain way. Um, and we all must be nurturing ourselves through these aspects but again it all looks very differently so when you are working out your your non-negotiables and you have come to that place of understanding them that's one thing that you can build on with your self-care practice you know you can really um, start to understand that okay self-care is a lot more than than just having a bath don't get me wrong I absolutely love having a bath and that's, you know, something in my own self-care practice that I need. That connection to water is very important for me. But it's really understanding yourself. Can we, if we ask you about, okay, so, you know, you you ask your, your clients to think about their sort of non-negotiables and then, you know, where do you go from from there? Like, how do you bring that in? to kind of the next stage of, you know, their treatment and what it is that you're doing for them? Yeah, so what I would do is then go away and um, go through the analysis process of their chart um, and working out these certain aspects um, of... So I work mainly with, like, certain bits of the chart to start with. Um, So, you know, for instance, the sun sign the moon sign, the um, their rising sign, and then anything that could be creating certain, uh, you know, tension within the chart. So I'm able to go away, really study that chart and go into it a lot deeper. And then I write a full analysis of, um, you know, different aspects that have come up and then I'm able to um work out the plants and things that they need. So either I'll create um, uh, remedies for them with these plants. So I'm able to create remedies. I'm able to um, advise like self-care practices that they can bring in that they haven't been particularly using in the past that would be really beneficial for them. Um, And then I can give like a, a whole list of herbs and how they can use them and utilize them in their everyday So my thing is I I do want to make sure that, you know, my clients aren't being bombarded with having to do loads of different practices. Like I really want to make sure that these practices are um, and the using of herbs is integrated into their life and lifestyle in a very easy way because what I find is that if there's too much all at once, then we tend to fall back into those same patterns as before so just being able to integrate um things at a slower rate just you know a couple of things to start with and then move on to the next and then the next and then get into that routine of um of starting their own self-care practices and their journey can you tell us a bit about the remedies okay so this is really interesting to me because my mum's um I've said this before she's a homeopath so as kids we were brought up taking homeopathic pills taking the back flower remedies you know doing all of that stuff and we use that a lot more than say orthodox medicine going to the doctor 
And even now, sometimes I go to my mum's office and I'm just like, ooh, what am I running low on? What can I take? You know, and she's like, damn it, go to Helios and get your own. Um, stop stealing all of mine. But for her, it's all about, you know, she's got the tablets. And I think from when I was a kid and I used to watch her, um, you know, how she would put together sort of those remedies was very much that, you know, she would have the blank sort of sugar pills, if you like. And then from um, a homeopathic provider like Helios, you would get the sort of liquid and you would add um say 30 drops of liquid to I don't know however many uh kind of tablets there were in a very small bottle and that was you know how you had these remedies um sort of made up I guess and then she would give those to patients dependent obviously upon what their sort of issues or ailments were so when you say that you make up the remedies do you make up specific remedies in sort of that way um or is it more of a sort of, okay, these are the five things that you need, these are the five plants that you need to be incorporating into your diet in some way? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so I, I'll do it in both ways. So I'll give the list of plants and, um, you know, different bits and pieces that they can use and incorporate easily. And then I make the remedies as well. So depending on what they need, whether it's like a tincture something that's quite easy to take or a tea blend or um, if it's like an actual skin remedy. So I do specialize more in in skin remedies. I'm obsessed with skincare and I have been for so many years. So um, a lot of my clients will come to me and have things like eczema or um, other, other uh, skin conditions and I'm able to make up organic remedies with certain herbs and things like that to help them um, to assist with their healing process. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a huge connection with my work between like gut health and skincare, which is very, works very hand in hand. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so different from each person. So, you know, one person might need just a simple tincture that they can use for, you know, 30 days and then that's it. They don't need to um work with it anymore or it could be something that's a little bit more complex sorry can you just remind us what a tincture is yeah sure so a tincture is something that um you can ingest so you t you take under the tongue yeah okay and the same i think similar to homeopathy as well yes very much so how do you pick what option or what method that they should consume these plants these herbs yeah, so that comes down to the herbalism side. So it's it's very dependent on um, on quite a few aspects of like how these plants can be worked with. So it you know working with plants, it's not as easy as just like oh I'm gonna pick this and chuck it in and make it into something. Uh, you have to understand the like fundamentals of the plant to be able to you know, create different things like tinctures and things like that. So, you know, some plants might not be able to be made in that way or you can't ingest them. So you can only take it topically. So these are very important things that you have to understand when you're working with plants, um, you know, how you can use them in the right way. So, yeah, that's where your real specialism comes in and where we need someone like you, Rachel, to point us in the right direction. Because, yeah, as a, someone like me who is lapping up what you're saying, but would not know what to do. Um, I would think I could get a tea for everything or I could use a, 
like create a tincture with everything and it's not the case at all. No, there's lots of safety and regulations around that. Um, And, you know, this is a big thing that's happening with essential oils right now. I think essential oils have become so um, acceptable in the mainstream, which is amazing. Like it's so great, but actually there's no regulations around them and no actual care on how to use them and it can be very detrimental if you're putting you know certain essential oils on your body they're you know they are chemicals they they are a very potent part of that plant so if you're you know using it in a certain way it it can have a chemical reaction and you can become very unwell so just making sure that, you know, if this is something that you wanted to go into, just making sure that you're um, doing your research on the plants and um, and getting the right information and, you know, how to use them and all sorts of things. Is there some resources that you could, I mean, obviously yourself, resource number one. Um, if people are going to Google, is there, or buy some books, is there anything you would suggest Yeah, so there's quite a few amazing books around on essential oils. Um, I would advise to buy books rather than Googling um, because there is miscommunication out there, um, you know, on plants and things like that. Um, Have a look at evolutionary evolutionary herbalism, like have a look at their website. Um, Sager puts a lot of information on there. He has a blog um, about plants. So if you did want to, you know, start looking at things a little bit deeper, I'd definitely say, you know, go down that track. Um, but there are some amazing herbalists also on Instagram. So just, you know, having a look through and, but being mindful that, um, you know, there is different views and outlooks on things. So just making sure that the information that you're getting is coming from a trusted source. Brilliant. Thank you. Go on, Rach. I know you've got some questions. I was just going to ask you about the quality of plants and herbs. And obviously, I mean, we've mentioned essential oils um, as well. I know that there is that there's that sort of age old debate, isn't there? You know, particularly with like Young Living and doTERRA. It's like, do people ingest these? You know, they would say these are absolutely fine. And I should probably add that I do get apparently I'm some sort of doTERRA like distributor type person but I've never actually done it I've signed up and I'm part of it but I only really buy them for my own use anyway but so I just want to get that out there but you know there is always that age-old you know are we able to um, ingest these or should they just be used sort of topically um, and inhaling them and things like that I'm always of the ilk of I wouldn't but on that note, can you talk us through like the quality of plants and herbs and, you know, what makes up good quality versus poor quality? Is it soil quality? You know, what what is it? Can you talk a little bit just a bit around that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, quality is everything. It's everything. And I think that's with most things these days. Um, you know, we're living in a day and age where we are consuming things at an extortionate rate and the earth just can't keep up with the way that we're consuming. So, um, you know, it's the quality of the plants, of food, of, you know, our water sources isn't the same as what it used to be. 
but there are um, ways to be able to uh, work with brands that are very much um, connected to the earth and sustainable and ethical and all these things. So the plants that I work with are always herbs and plants that are organic. I'm always going organic, but I, I make sure that I'm researching these brands as well because it's very easy to put the label of organic on things these days without it actually being regulated properly. So just finding brands that are known in the industry to be um, ethical, to be sustainable, to be um, organic is really important. And, yeah, so w- using essential oils, um, I do tend to stick to doTERRA, um, but yeah. I have used other essential oils in the past. So I've used um, other brands, organic brands and things like that. But, again, I think it's very important to do your research and making sure that you're using brands that work for you and that you know are, are trusted. Um I personally don't suggest anyone to ingest oils. Yeah. And the reason for this is because um, essential oil is so extremely potent. You know, they're, they're little healers in a bottle. Like they are a lot more potent than just ingesting the plant itself. So, for instance, yeah. like chamomile, a flower, you know, you drink it as a tea. It's my favourite my hedgehog's named chamomile. Um, so I, you know, like with chamomile, it's, you know, you drink it normally, but you can't go and just ingest chamomile as an essential oil because it's a completely different constituent. Like yeah. the potency is too high and it can be very detrimental. You know, our our guts, our inner our inner realms is so sensitive um, and I think if you're ingesting something something like an essential oil, um, you have to be very careful and each to their own. You know, there are herbalists out there that do say uh, it's okay to do that. I personally don't think it is and I, I don't suggest it to my clients. I completely agree with you. I just think it's, and also I think you intuitively sometimes know, don't you? Like if I, if when I'm holding my essential oils, I just know that not to ingest them. Like I just have that feeling is that it's not, it's not necessarily going to be a beneficial thing. Um, obviously diffusing, topical use, etc. It's very different. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Exactly. And you know, even with topical use, you have to be so careful as well. Like, you know, if you, again, if you're putting something on your skin and you have a reaction to it because it's not meant to be on your skin, it's it can be really damaging. Our skins are our, one of our biggest organs. It is our biggest organ. You know, whatever we're putting on our skin, that's being that's being seeped into our bodies. So, if you're putting an essential oil on and it's it's burning you stop please (laughs) don't do that anymore (laughs) can I ask something similar to that so I've always had a very interesting relationship with plant-based medicines when I first got into spirituality um, at the same time I then had IBS problems I seem to have managed 
they were emotional based and I've dealt with those emotions and that seems to have helped. But I, because it was happening at the same time as spirituality development and this IBS, I definitely wanted to use holistic remedies to help it. I tried to use a lot of plant-based options from the teas, the essential oils you guys are talking about. I'm presuming I was too newbie and I didn't go to someone like yourself. So I was just guessing, basically, and guessing dosages, guessing, you know, I'm, I'm a young student at uni, don't have enough money. It's like, I'll just guess and hope I'm doing the right thing. And I found what I what was happening to me at that moment in time was it was intensifying the symptoms. Now I'm wondering if it was intensifying it because it's actually healing it, but it was intensifying it as it worked on it. And therefore I backed off because I wasn't enjoying these this intense reaction, especially because it's tummy problems. I was like, this is not fun. Like prime example, and I'm the only one now. I do shy away from is peppermint tea that that does some like instant reactions to me and it's not horrible reactions guys it's just I feel odd and I'm wondering if this is prime example why the work you do is so significant because was I basically just not nailing what's good for me I was going a bit too general and not specific and you know I'm asking because I bet there's other people out there who have tried maybe intensified something and backed off where if they'd changed it or modified their doses, maybe it would have been the right thing for them. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few things in that, you know, sometimes when we're taking herbs, when we're going through a healing process and we're taking herbs, it can intensify the the, um, the physical actions in the body mm. because it's allowing the body to release. So if you think about it, if you're having a fever, you know, in our society, they they give you Panadol. You know, it's like take Panadol, um, take an aspirin to help with the fever to mask it. But actually that's prolonging it. So the yeah. fever could, instead of it lasting, you know, a day or two, it could last for a week. Um, so there are herbs that help with that. So instead of suppressing the fever, it actually brings the fever on and, you know, creates this hotness in the body. So you're, um, you're feeling the fever even more, but it doesn't last as long as what it would if you're taking something like Panadol. And I'm, I've got nothing against, um, you know, Panadol and, and things like that. Like, I think it is needed in certain times. Um, it's just our reliance on it as a society now is just a little bit higher than what it should be. Um, so yeah, so there is this reaction that you can have, um, to healing, but also then there's the other side of like, if you are working with certain plants that maybe aren't right for your constitution and your constitution doesn't enjoy it, then that's where it can be, um, a little bit um, not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> not as fun for you, really. <laughs> Trying to find the right words. But yeah, it's it's um it, it, it can create it can create more of a detriment than be a it, it, than actually helping with yeah. the process. And it's and a it's, shame because it's only now really I'm fully signed up for trying it all again. It really put me off at that moment in time. 
But now I would come to someone like yourself or I would reduce the amount I think I was probably consuming and I wouldn't even notice that, you know, I wouldn't get these reactions. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing to use our intuition. Like it's it's very important to connect to our intuition. But I think when working with plants and herbs, um, it's very important to work with someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah, just like just getting those first initial steps into it. So you've got a, a more grounding understanding of it to then be able to, you know, start your own process. It makes so much sense because even now, again, completely different thing. But with the crystals, if someone wants to come to me for a crystal for romance, you know, classic rose quartz or pink kunzai emerald, and I do have to remind them that it's you're not about to get your love. Your love is unlikely to enter your life tomorrow. You will speed up the lessons that you need to go through for that person to come into your life. And kind of that's very similar to what you're saying, isn't it? Is you'll, if you ingest um, the plants, you're healing yourself quicker, but you may heighten what you're going through because you're just speeding up the process for your body. Exactly. It's unlocking the potentials yeah so yeah you're it, it, you go through a process with this you know plants plants are just really plants are an extension of ourselves so whatever like say we're lacking something in our body so we're lacking nutrients um you can get those nutrients from the plant but if you're having to take a plant for you know, extreme amounts of time, then it means that there's something else on a much deeper level that you're needing. You know, if if that plant can't give you what it is, there's something else that's happening there. They, you know, they're just an extension of ourselves. What we need will come to us through the plants. Very interesting. Rach, do you have any? I've got two final questions, but before we get to those, have you got anything else you want to ask? I haven't. I haven't. That's so interesting. And I'm essentially going to email you as soon as we're and finished me. to book up my yep. first appointment. <laughs> You've got Maybe. two clients on the way, definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. We're going to be racing each other um, to send our emails. Uh, Rachel, do, right. So I've got two questions. One's about shamanism. I can't even say that now. Shamism and then light language. So it's a bit off topic. So before I go there, if that's okay, if you're happy to talk about those. Do you have anything you want to finish saying about our current topics? All I can say is use everything as exploration. So when you're doing the work on yourself, when you're you're coming into these understandings and you're starting to open up to new ways of thinking, use it as an ex- exploration to explore yourself and just be open to it because you just – everything just – unfolds in the most incredible ways in ways that you know we, we couldn't even imagine really yeah so being open is that's my final say on that <laughs> that's a very exciting journey as well if you can be open yeah. and see what see what happens what you learn definitely yes so to finish if you don't mind um I know you're currently working on or looking into shamanism which sounds amazing I'd love you just to explain a bit on that and then if you can also we've never spoken about light language before 
and I know it's something you're bringing in more and more and it'd be lovely and I don't think so we haven't spoken about it so our listeners won't know what it is but if you could explain both of those maybe we could bring you back in the future to do more on those two but yeah just a little brief intro now so um yeah so I'm studying shamanism um at the moment and I think I will be studying it for the rest of my life like it's it's just a lifetime journey it's the same with you know astrology and herbalism um it's it's going to be a lifetime journey for me constantly learning um and so shamanism I don't even know where to start on it because it's just been again a really profound experience um I think when I went through the initiations as a witch a few years ago I was you know I was creating rituals and all sorts of things was you know going through that process of connecting to the earth and um the sky and the elements and it just kept going like my interest was there and I just started exploring other modalities of working with energy and um and working with the earth and working with plants and it's all kind of like coming together so it's like all these aspects that I'm teaching and working with clients on are very much points of shamanism in itself and I think the way that we view shamans in the West is very different. Um, for me, I really want to stick to my roots. So my my family come from these areas. They come from the UK. Um, you know, my ancestors are here and then from a few other places around Europe and so on. Um, but it's very much rooted in the UK. So I, I want to focus on connecting to these lands for shamanism. That's lovely. Yeah. And it's actually been a really nice process. And it makes a lot of sense why I've come over here now, yeah. like yeah. why I'm here, because um, mm. there's just a lot that's unfolding around connecting to these lands. Um, but, yeah, there's there's so many aspects of shamanism, you know, I think there's shamanism, there's shamans that work with, like, plant medicines um even though that even though I'm a herbalist and I work with plants I'm not so big on the plant medicine side of things um you know I'll work with things like cacao cacao is very connected to me I'm 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 microdosing cacao at the moment so taking a little bit each day which is really opening up my heart um yeah there's many ways like you know you could have a spirit shamanism a shaman that works um mainly with um spirits and you can have energy shamanisms that work with energy and yeah there's all different aspects of shamanism um but it's just yeah it's it's just incredible and where <laughs> do you think it. your interests are going within that is it too soon it's always been energy yeah I thought you'd say that yeah it's always been energy like and there's a lot that's been coming through lately around energy and I think I really want to work with people's energy on on many different levels yeah that's that's where it feels right when you say about the UK so that's quite an interesting context that you've you're saying that you've come here to do this work because obviously 
I don't think people read put the UK as a shamanic location. Maybe witches, very much witches. You know, we, we look overseas for that kind of work. So what, I mean, I'm from just outside Glastonbury. So I'm pretty sure that's where you're thinking or that area, or maybe Cornwall. Um, but is there any detail at all you could give to maybe opening people's idea to what is actually in the UK that they can tap into? Yeah, so the UK is a lot more than just Glastonbury. Glastonbury yeah, is know, a very, yeah. <laughs> very magical place. And, you know, I do spend a lot of time in that area. But this... These lands, they're so ancient. They're so ancient. There's so much held here, so much history, so much power as well, like so much magic. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people are so quick to um, to take, like, other practices out of different countries, you know, going over to India and um Central and South America and all these places. And, yes, they are very important. And I think learning these mod other modalities are very important. But if we're able to tap into this land, into the grid here, and start remembering what this land holds, yeah, it's going to have a very profound effect with our consciousness, with the collective consciousness and you know, how we're going to be expanding over the next few years. You know, like it's so easy to kind of, it's it's almost like we're reaching, a lot of people are like reaching for these things outside of themselves and, you know, they're, they're learning all these different things. And But come back here, come yeah. back into this land. Literally missing what's beneath their feet. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, even though I, I grew up in Australia, I was born in Australia, um, I never felt at home in Australia. I was, it wasn't my land. And, um, you know, my, my grandparents are from the UK and, um, ancestors and it goes way back, but this is, this is where I'm meant to be. And yeah, That's lovely. let's, let's connect into this land, yeah. the here and now. So do you think because you moved over, it gave you, and I don't want to put words into, you know, say it your own way, because you had that contrast of being brought up somewhere else and then coming over, I would presume you had the experience, like you you can almost connect to our land, like the UK, easier because you felt that contrast, do you think? And if you if you have felt a contrast, could you explain what that feels like? Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. I think, you know, it's, it's the same when you travel to a new de destination. You sense things in a much different way to where you've been all of your life um and I guess yeah I, I think there's definitely an aspect of that maybe there's the newness of being here and um that excited energy of you know tapping into the UK but I think also like even like thinking back even at a young age I just knew that Australia wasn't my home so you were coming home. Yeah. So landing that, you know, landing here at Heathrow five and a half years ago, I came home. That's I lovely. finally came home. Yay. I feel quite emotional yeah, saying that. Like it was Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you if you want to explain just even a little bit about light language, 
I've seen you talk about in meditations. I haven't seen you do it. Um, it's something I'm exploring and trying to get my head around. I'm not very successful yet. So I'm getting lots of downloads, kind of explaining why I'm not being successful. So I've still got some lessons to learn, I think. Um, but yeah, for people who don't know, do you want to explain what it is and what it's like to experience? Light language is something that's really hard to put into words. Yeah. And I believe that is coming through more and more now because the English language doesn't have enough words to explain. That's what I'm getting told. It's like you can't do it because you don't have the... So I'll just very quickly explain what I think it is so people know what I'm saying. It's supposedly your soul's language or it's 5D or it's potentially extraterrestrial. It could be Atlantean, Lemurian. They've all got their own languages and you can tap into different vibrations and that language may be verbal, it could be visual, it could be colours. And Rachel, just like you said at the moment, what I'm getting is I, I, I'm dyslexic. So I struggle with one language, let alone <laughs> trying to learn other languages. It's a bit of a joke, you know, I was like... I understand. Yeah. I do <laughs> understand. Um, yeah, so the info I was getting, like, why can't I do this? It's like... Basically, they're suggesting I just need to start to write. Stop trying to say it because I'm not very good. But I was a fine art painter. So try creating the shapes first. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And it's interesting, like, when it starts happening as well, it's very different from person to person. So for me, uh, when I had my first experience, it started with writing symbols so I had these symbols that came out and the energy was very much Atlantean. And then I started just speaking it. So I would be sitting in meditation, in deep meditation, and suddenly like I'm speaking this other language and wow. things were coming through. And then it was very much, it was interesting because Last year I had these experiences and I was, you know, a lot of people like light language, light language. And I'm like, no, what I'm feeling, what I'm, what's coming out of me is very much this mother earth language. It's like this language of the earth. So I was channeling that raw mother nurturing feminine energy of our earth and each time it was coming out, it felt like that. And then, you know, as time time went on, more things were coming up and I've gone through more initiations and I'm working a lot more with um, Egyptian energy at the moment, which is very connected to Atlantis and Lemuria and, you know, connecting up to other cosmic yeah, energies. very cool. And the language, it's just, it's pouring through and it's coming out. And, you know, there's a lot more people that are, are going through their own awakenings and processes at the moment. And they're sitting in meditation and suddenly they're speaking this thing. And it's like, am I going mad? But yeah. no, no, there's, there's a connection there. And when it first started for me, I, I was like, I don't know what this means. So I'm saying these things, I can feel it. I can feel like the energy around it, 
but I don't know the exact words. But recently I've been saying things and then and then speaking the light language and it's making a lot more sense, like it's flowing a lot more. Um, and are you, under- are you getting the context of it as well? Yes. Is that what you mean? You're kind of understanding what you're saying, even though it's not your mother tongue kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes a lot. It comes through a lot when I'm I'm doing like energy work on my clients. So when I'm I'm working with their energy and you know working on certain um, areas like chakras and things like that, the it just it comes out. And yeah, it's just it's it's quite a um it's it's quite a funny concept to understand. But I think a lot of this work, yeah, you know. I don't think it's meant, it's not, we're not supposed to understand with our intellect. No. We're supposed to feel it. Which is where I've been, let me tell you my funny story at the moment where my ego's been getting, because I I so feel connected to that. that I'm sure it's going to happen at some point properly. I'm overly trying at the moment. So when we do the podcast where I'm talking about intuition, I tell people not to force it. And I'm definitely in a place where I'm trying to force light language. So I have to just back off. Um, but yeah, at the moment, can, can you see it? Are you seeing it or hearing it, or are you? It's a mix between sounds that I want to say, but like we were saying, I don't think the English language is helping me get the right frequency. So I can feel it's there, but I haven't got the frequency. And again, that's the messages I've got is. I'm also studying uh, Kundalini yoga. So I'm a yoga teacher, but I never really use it other than the meditation skills. And I'm studying Kundalini. And a part of it is get better at Sanskrit because it will get you in there. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But separately, my ego, I've gone on the internet, I've gone and Googled all this beautiful light language. Some of them are very square and others are beautiful. Almost, if you imagine Egyptian... Uh, hieroglyphics but calligraphy style so beautiful swaying patterns I like the beautiful swaying patterns but what comes out is very gridded yeah and my ego doesn't like that he wants the beautiful (laughs) yeah so I'm like having this weird like oh come on I want and I've already I've had the sort of the knowing the intuition going you weren't from those places so you're not going to get that. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. Which has helped because I'm like, okay, I will let that go. But yeah, it's all a do process, you, isn't um, it? Do you know where your do you know where those past lives were from? Like, do you know where you're connecting well, to the most? Yeah, this is the first time I've ever said this. Rachel knows some of this, but definitely Palladian background. But what it looks like I'm writing is Atlantean. And what I understand is the script that I'm looking at that I like is more Lemurian. And my understanding, the downloads I've had is I was never at Lemuria, but I was a spirit guide for lots of people there. So I had a much nicer experience in Lemuria because I wasn't actually, well, I mean, it's a beautiful place anyway, but I was in a lovely energy yeah, all the time in Lemuria. And in Atlantis, I was actually out doing doing stuff, you know. Being doing a, the things. Yeah, doing things. <laughs> so I naturally have a kind of resonance with the one that was like, oh, that was a lovely experience. 
but it wasn't that makes sense yeah Yeah. you know it makes sense and what I was seeing as you were saying that was you know you in spirit form in Lemuria and this not like a frustration but it was almost like a longing to be in a physical body and not being able to have that experience but the work you were doing was very profound because you were guiding people through their processes um but you you had this longing to be in the physical and be able to experience the things that they were experiencing and I'm still doing it I'm still like I want that language (laughs) (laughs) I want to do that Uh yeah we'll get there so are you at the so you're at the point now where you you can verbalize can you write yeah so very much verbalize um so it very much comes out and I can write it um I just I just don't write it as much so I more speak it than anything yeah and you know what sometimes I worry I'm like what happens if I go down the street and I'm like in the post office and I'm about to <laughs> post some letters and then suddenly I'm speaking light language. They're looking at me like, um, I don't think this girl's all right. <laughs> but it's like a fear of mine because it's, it is starting to flow like that now. And yeah, like I, I'm, I'm actually giving myself the permission to just go with it and not be afraid of, of speaking it you know like I think I've for a lot of us you know a lot of us women have things around our, our throat chakras and where we've been persecuted for being our true authentic selves in you know many lives so you know in this life a big part of my work is is being able to release um these shackles and be able to speak my truth and I think light language is one of those things I think it's really nice for people to hear, even though we all do this professionally now, there's still levels, isn't there? And it's still realising there's another, like you said, something around the throat chakra that still needs love and then needs to be released. And there's a just level on level of things Definitely. to work through. Definitely. I, I had a really profound experience um, just, was it just before Christmas or ju- just after I think it was just before because I went through, I did my advanced Sekhem energy healing uh, initiations. So Sekhem is very much like Reiki, but it's from Egypt. And so interesting. Honestly, it's, it's blown my heart wide open (laughs) and like so much has happened from it. I'm going on to do my master soon because I really want to teach Sekhem. I want to initiate people into this, amazing energy practice uh, because I just feel like it can help so many people right now um yeah so I had this profound experience I every time I get in water it's like a portal for me like things just happen so so when we talk about baths for self-care my bath is literally a ritual that ends up yeah (laughs) ends up like three hours later and I'm I'm sitting there going what's just happened? (laughs) What's just happened? Yeah. So I had this profound experience where, um, like I connected to, um, a few goddesses. So I connected to Hecate and Isis and pretty much all of them. I just called them all in. I was like, come on guys, come in. Um, and I, 
wanted to remove um, some of the things that were stuck around my throat chakra. Um, I a couple of weeks beforehand, I had a incredible reading with this lady in Glastonbury, and she said to me, "Yeah, there's there's because I said to her, you know, I've I do have blocks around um, speaking out still, and she's like, yeah, there's there's still things there from past lives, like you've still got." the stuff there but you can take it off easy so I thought yeah why not have a bath and do it in there um so yeah I I I went through this process I called in the goddesses I called in um you know my my future self and like all the power around me and started removing these shackles and and ropes and all sorts of things that were around my neck and honestly like it was, it was really hard and really profound and like just the whole experience in itself, like the physical reactions to it was just like something I haven't felt before. Yeah. And just, like after that though, like you go through a bit of a, um, a healing process when you're like clearing things out and, you know, you're removing things like you, you start going through a healing process and you know, I felt my throat clearing and honestly it's made such a difference. But now it's the next thing I have to. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yes, I think baths are quite good actually because I will do a lot of, if I'm, so I'm currently perfecting my Akashic Records abilities because I've got all these different things but I've never deliberately accessed. It's kind of happened by accident. Yeah. So I'm trying to hone in a skill of like when I want to do that, what do I do? And I'm doing it in the bath. And I think it's because it's quite cleansing as you go, isn't it? It's got this other level to it that you don't get in a different, maybe we're just very water element people. So it's a bit of a natural thing to go and sit in a bath. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when I went through my second initiations, I did see why the connection to water is so um, powerful and so important for us um and why it does activate things um so what i was shown is that when they used to do ritual in the temples um they would have water on the floor so using that element of water and it was like a channel of the energy oh that makes sense yeah so yeah. they would stand in the water and channel up wow so it was like a very important part of their ceremonial work and their ritual work um, with working with the energies and the elements of the earth. And it wasn't just that they were doing these rituals, you know, for, um, you know, for the civilization, they were doing it for the earth to create that harmony with, with the earth and sky and, and all sorts of things. Like it was a very important part of that process. So magical, isn't it? All of yeah. that. So special. Okay, Rachel, do you want to finish by letting people know how they can get in contact with you, your social media details, everything like that? Yeah, so if you want to talk more about uh, herbalism, astro self care, astrology, energy, all the things, <laughs> all the witchy things, um, you can contact me on my Instagram, which is the Herbalist Hub. And my website is theherbalisthub.com. So excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much. That was 
absolutely brilliant and mind-blowing um, in equal measure <laughs> um, so thanks everybody for tuning in and we will see you next week thanks bye guys Thank you.